The We Think Collective podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. We Think Collective is also supported by May May Jewelry in Atwater Village. For 15% off your order, enter promo code WTC podcast at maymayjewelry.com. That's M-A-E-M-A-E-Jewelry.com. Hey, hey, ho, hey, ho, hip hop, hooray. Tim's jumping on the mic too now. He thinks he can write like you now. Maybe Marina wants to do some too. I don't really know, but how about you? <laughs> I'm doing some sound effects right here. Come on. You're that was kind of amazing. Kind of amazing. <laughs> Fucking recording gold right there. Solid. <laughs> Capital Records, you know where we are. Call us. Solid like a rock. Oh, wait, do they still exist? I know. I was going to say. <laughs> I think they do. Do they? They do, yeah. I think they had to sell their building, but they now lease it from someone or something like that. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I know, but you said It was like an right. LA Times you, moment. You, I think they had to sell it or something oh. sad happened. I don't know. Record labels still exist? Yeah, they do. Some of them are doing great. Okay. The new ones that are smart. That were built for a digital world. Mm. Digital girl in an analog world. Okay. Um, hello and welcome. Are we starting our podcast now? I think so. This is Heidi. Mayday, mayday. Mayday, mayday. We have a problem. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, it's because I just saw that and I was like, wait, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> mayday, mayday. Hold on. Okay. Let me refreshy. Yeah. Refreshy. Mm-hmm. Delicious. BPA free water from probably Nestle. Nope. Niagara. Oh, it's from Canada. Yeah. So we are We Think Collective, and we are also wondering sometimes, a lot of the times, where do bottled water people get their bottle and why can they sell water for to us that they get for free? Like why is it their water to sell to us? Exactly. Isn't it our water? Like, Didn't we pay taxes? Don't we like, isn't the federal government technically owned by us, the citizens, we, the people of the United States of America? You guys, this is such an important topic that we had to start our podcast like this because Heidi and I talk about it all the time. They're bottled like, water is the devil. Dude, bottled water <laughs> back in the day. We really appreciate it though. Thanks, yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bottled water. We are thirsty as I know. Fuck, we're Tim's giving us shit out of this bottled water right now. But the okay. devil is quenching your thirst. <clears throat> yeah, the no, devil is quenching your thirst. But remember growing up, right? Damn bottled it. water was like a luxury. You took it when you really needed something. But other than that, you had water from your faucet, mm-hmm. you brought it in a thermos. Water from the motherfucking hose, okay? Yes! How often did you drink that? All the time. Why is bottled water the staple now? Now people like buy that and have it at their house when there's a faucet. (laughs) There's a faucet with water that's been purified. And P.S. Our tax dollars already allegedly paid to make said water potable. In fact, we pay a fee for it every single motherfucking month. So why can't I get water out of my faucet? What the fuck? Why can Nestle... Take that water and then sell it to us in a plastic bottle that kills turtles and whales. Y'all, if you know the answer to that, can you please send us a message? Because we are mind boggled every time we drink a bottle of water, but we still do drink. How did we buy in basically collectively to this idea of needing it to be bottled water? And where is the petition or maybe there is a petition or a rally to say, look, Los Angeles, let's do better. Let's do better. Let's make our water drinkable. 
So I don't have to spend three ninety nine on a twenty four case on sale at Vons. Apparently, depending on your zip code, your water may be quite potable. Is the word? Uh, but in other zip codes, it could be almost as bad as Flint. Okay, then yeah. you need bottled water. P.S. L.A. is a sprawling metropolis. Okay, with many varieties of resources. Um, spread district to district because, strangely, um, that's how property taxes work. Mm. They're done by district. Isn't that weird? No. You know who made bottled water what bottled water is? We're back to that. Costco. Costco invented it? No. Because at Costco, you can get like 80 (sighs) bottles of water for $4. Oh, so they made it accessible because it was so cheap. You could. Yes. All right. Costco, normally I love you, but in this case... Kind of disappointed. Do better. Do better. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy holidays. Happy holidays. That's really flat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If we were on American Idol, we would definitely have just got cut. They'd be like, okay, you're out. Based on one syllable of a line? You can't mess up on American Idol. That's true. Hello. People have gone on to win Oscars. That's true. American Idol is no joke. Your girl Kelly Clarkson's about to have a primetime show. Um, Best friend Kelly Clarkson. Your best friend. I mean, hello, Jennifer Hudson might be the best singer of our time. Mm. And can we talk about Carrie Underwood's success? Okay. In Grammys. In all around success. Like crazy. Life. Hot ass motherfucking husband. I know. P.S. I know. So cute. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, we would not make it. (laughs) That's what I'm getting at. Okay, so holidays. Yes. So can I talk about a story that just happened to us the other day? Um, This is not a holiday-related story. Oh, it's not. It's not. You're right. But can I just talk about a funny story real quick? You may. Because I think the audience needs to know. Yeah. Okay, so Heidi and I were shopping at Target, and we like going down every aisle. And we, yeah, because there might be deals. Exactly, deals. <laughs> um, but we definitely went to the condom aisle because we had this conversation about, hey, we might should keep condoms in our house. Yeah, just in case. Like, I used to have a GP rule that, like, I'm on birth control, so and I pay for that, so you got to pay for condoms. True, true that. But now, as a grown woman, I'm not on birth control anymore, and so it feels more like. Maybe I should have them at my house because if I want to have sex, I want it to be safe sex. Let's just be safe. And I'm not trying to have an unplanned pregnancy at this age. Exactly. So. This beautiful age. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That shall remain unnamed. (laughs) Oh, you just turned your birthday. Um, So um, we went to the condom aisle and so we're looking and there's boxes and boxes of different kinds of condoms. So many different kinds of condoms. Right. And I was like, well, Hyde, what if the guy is a gold standard? But right. what if he's not? And you need like small, medium, large, and extra large. Where is the variety pack condom right. box? Like if you are going to have sex with someone that you may or may not know yet, what if you don't know the size of his package? Mm. And now I'm making the purchase. And what if I purchase all gold standard dick condoms? Mm-hmm. And then the guy comes along and he is not a gold standard dick. I don't want to make him feel bad. I know. What do you do? Do because you tie the end of the condom and be like, look, guys, I think it'll fit. <laughs> No, it'll be too wide. Like, it's going to slip off. It's like, might as well. What is this here for? Die. Like, I die. And then the sad part was they have these like variety packs, right? Where you could get like 
thin and then like ribbed and all these different options that I don't freaking know anything about. But it's variety size pack. They should give us a variety size pack. Dude. And look. What woman doesn't need that? Like so that when you find out what size it is, you're like, oh, I have one. I'll get it. And you can pick out the proper size so you don't offend him. Yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know how when you buy, you get tea at a restaurant and they come out with a tea box and like, what would you like, ma'am? I was like, mm-hmm. imagine when you were the guy and you pull out your condom box. What size are you, exactly. sir? Which one do you like best? <laughs> no, but no. But then we were talking about if you were going to do a variety pack, you would need to kind of weigh the quantities that you supply for each size. Because if it's like an extra small, you're probably only going to use that shit once. You know what I'm saying? You don't you don't need more than one of those. Like that's a one timer. Literally dying. You probably ain't going back to that one. You are saying no thank you. You know what I'm saying? You might need five of the gold standard, three of the large, two mediums. One small. Exactly. Don't lock me in. Okay, so the box of condoms, it's 12 condoms, right? Don't lock me in to just that one size. Yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. Trojan, if you're interested in doing a collaborative, co-branded partnership, Mm -hmm. we think Collective believes that you should have a more collective condom selection option. Variety pack. For the ladies. Yes, Mm -hmm. variety pack. Also, can we add to this story? Yeah. Because as we're shopping for said condoms in Mm -hmm. this highly confusing environment that clearly was not made to cater to us at all p.s guys buy your own motherfucking condoms and carry them with you anyway um as we're shopping this creepy dude so creepy walks by and like we kind of barely noticed him but you saw him like turn around and leer kind of right oh no he definitely said some words oh i like Like, i had under his breath he was like something right and then but he kept walking and we just paid no mind and went about our business then out of nowhere, he creeps up behind us, like went around in a circle in the aisles mm-hmm. in Tarje, creeps up behind us and fully psychically groped us. Dude. Psychologically I, groped us. Dude, like <laughs> spiritually, like I got groped We were hard. assaulted with his absolutely gross eyes and words that we're not sure what they were. Yeah. But it felt really gross. It was gross. Good. And you were definitely like... And it's kind of like, you guys, everything we've been talking about, every single podcast about this masculine feminine energy, P.S., that's Uh, not what to do. If It was toxic uh, as fuck. Yeah. That energy. It was disgusting. You could feel it. Mm. What? Talk to us about where this phrase came from. The, what did I say? Psychologically groped. Was that the right word? It's psychically groped. Spiritually groped. I'm sorry. Is that what it was? Yeah. It's spiritually groped. Where did it come from? Okay. So you guys, I'm reading this new book by the same author of Way of the Superior Man that we talked Mm -hmm. about in season one for Mm -hmm. David Data. It's called Dear Lover. Mm -hmm. So Way of the Superior Man is a book written by David for men. Mm -hmm. And Dear Lover is a book written by David Data for women. Right. And he talks about how as a woman, you are psychically groped a lot and you don't really realize how much energy that puts into you. So you wonder why you come home at the end of the day and you come home and you're kind of annoyed at your husband and all these kind of things. It wasn't him. It could have been like the 40 men that you work with that are giving you these uncomfortable feelings all day long and you don't really know how to stand in your power to say, this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or how to protect yourself energetically without hardening yourself. Yeah. Which I think is... um, Brings us to our topic of the day. Hey guys. Yeah, because we were we were talking about this and how, you know, if we are being um spiritually or psychically groped on a regular basis all throughout the day, mm-hmm. something that, you know, I'm sure there's some 
occasional men who are exceptionally good looking who have experienced this. So I will say that I understand some men have probably been psychically groped, but on a general scale, mm-hmm. women are not <laughs> circling aisles, walking up to guys and being like, <laughs> so not only just do we spewing need- disgusting yes. toxicity all over guys, if anything, we might like give them a look and a smile and that's a little objectifying, perhaps, but whatever. This is not a comparison competition game about who's worse or better. The point is, ladies have been experiencing this since they were probably like 12. Oh my gosh. Totally. From the minute you get a little boober butt. The slightest bit of boober butt. Ugh, you're just on it. And I know this because I'm, I'm with my 13-year-old niece at the mall. And oh, yeah. I look at the way guys. Dads are oh, staring I at her. can't. I'm like. They don't know she's 13, but I mean, boobs and butt. They just start staring. Yeah, like she's getting psychically groped uh, already every day. Absolutely. But guess what? Now I can talk to her about what that is and Mm -hmm. what it feels like and how you can protect yourself. But see, here's the hard part, right? How to protect yourself from that or know how to cleanse that toxicity off of you Mm -hmm. when it's thrown onto you in that way versus staying soft, staying vulnerable, staying in your feminine. You know, how do we do both of those things? How can we be these soft, vulnerable, you know, delicate, whatever (laughs) beings in the world, bringing our love around and making love the goal and the priority and all of this when we're also under attack? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that's led us to where we are now in some ways or women, I mean, in that we started to adapt we started to learn to put up walls and harden our hearts absolutely to protect ourselves from that mm. do you know what i mean yeah i'm the line that's running through my head is how to let things happen through you not to you mm. right these are things that you can control if a man is going to do or not going to do to you no, as, in fact, as a woman. it's almost inevitable. That yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to happen. I don't know if you've ever walked down the street and then there are whistles and honks oh, yeah. and, you know, derogatory things that happen. I have big boobs that started very young. For yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so funny. I just remembered an incident when I was 12 years old. My best friend, she was walking home from school and a guy pulled up in one of those like, let's call them molester vans, right? Mm-hmm. Opened the door and was literally playing with himself. As he, and she came to my house right after, and she was just, she didn't even traumatized. Know, so traumatized. So traumatized. I'm just remembering this, you guys, honestly, for the first time in like 25 years. Mm-hmm. This is kind of crazy. And she was 12. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so insane right now. So what's the impact of that for girls, for, for young girls when like, Here's what I'm thinking of my Can first I, love when I was 13 oh and how God. innocent you were in that love, right? Go go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I'm you just, raised your hand, so it's important. No, but I'm just thinking about <laughs> who she is as a person now. Honestly, she is so close to men. Mm. Like, it, she. I think that day there was a hardening around her heart mm-hmm. that I don't know that she's ever released yet. Well, we know who you're calling at the end of this recording. (laughs) Somebody's going to be getting a call. If you're one of our 19 listeners and Rena called you on today, which you don't know what today is, but you'll know if this is you. um, Yeah, Yeah. you should call her. Yeah. Or tell her to listen to this episode because um, I think it's something that a lot of us are trying to figure out, you know, Um, 
everybody's trauma or whatever you want to call it is different and, and there's no scale of like yours is better or worse or not not worthy of you having that emotional response to or whatever. But I think what happens is the impulse, right? Um, our ego, mm-hmm. our wonderful, lovely ego friend who wants to protect us comes up and says, you better put up a wall. You don't let people do that to you. Totally. You know what you should do? Don't look at anybody when you're walking in the street. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Forget you know, eye contact. Exactly. Or, you know, you make them show you this and that and da-da-da-da before you're going to open up. You know, all these other rules that our egos tell us to put in place to protect ourselves after that point. But really what they do is just harden us. I know. So that soft, beautiful, feminine essence that we are, that's why men say you, you, you like a man, you're so masculine and all of these things. And I'm like... I'm just hardened. You're absolutely right. It's like a learned behavior. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think we want to defend that because it's not a ground I wish to continue to stand on, right? It's not serving me. No, it's not. It's not serving the world. Having a closed heart is preventing my greatest self from expressing the gifts that I was meant to share with the world. Yeah. And, and from, yeah, from being able to co-create any kind of true deep, you know, spiritual kind of loving relationship too that really comes from a soft, vulnerable place. It doesn't come from a place of ego and protection and, you know. I know. That's like my dream relationship, you guys, to just come and not have my historical past of what men have. You guys, this is going to sound really terrible, but like I've been beaten into submission by so many things in the masculine space that I'm scared to open my heart all the way. Yeah. I am. Me too. That's just, that's just really honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone in that. And I think there's probably women who are literally married and have been married for many years who feel the exact same way. Mm. It's not about whether you're single or in a relationship. It's about... And, and even when you said it, what I thought of is even starting in the relationship with ourselves, as we've been talking about naming your ego and learning to recognize the fear bitch and when it's that and when it's just the ego speaking up and all this stuff, you want to have that same kind of relationship with yourself. Absolutely. That softness, that full acceptance that, you know, okay, I see who you are and I'm going to let that pass through me. I'm not going to be mad at you ego self for telling me this thing you know i'm mm-hmm. just also not going to let it take root yes. inside of me right absolutely. now absolutely so the same way we we learn to love and work with our ego and with our own selves our own spirit and all of that i think is maybe what we need to learn to do with the people around us mm-hmm. whether that's men or women or whatever when we talk about like this experience of being like psychologically groped or spiritually groped or whatever it was What do you think, like, again, I want to go back to the question, what would you want to tell your niece about how to, and I know that's kind of like, I've already asked you that, but I feel like going deeper, she might be about to have her first love someday soon, right? She's 13. That's when I had mine. When was yours? 16. Okay. So, you know, your first love happens around that time. Mm -hmm. You're growing your boobies. All this stuff's happening. What do you tell, if we could go back and tell our 13-year-old self something different? What would you tell her? Well, you know what? It's really exciting that you asked that because I just took her out to breakfast the other day because Mm -hmm. I needed to tell her a few things Mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. being a woman. So I stole my niece on Saturday morning at 7.30 in the morning. I snuck into my sister's house because I have a key and I just woke her up and I said, let's go to breakfast. I wanted to sit down with her for one hour because honestly, you guys, these podcasts bring a lot of things out of me. Mm -hmm. And 
like we had that episode about what would you tell your younger self? Guess what? My niece, Liana, she is my younger self. Yeah, totally. So I get to tell her all of this wisdom. Yeah. And I, I literally, first I asked her what her relationship with the boys that she's around is like. Mm-hmm. And I ask her, how does she converse with them? And like, what are like things that are hard no's for you? Or like, what are things that you, have you ever felt disrespected by a man? Mm-hmm. And things of those nature. And so she, I'm sorry, you guys, this next level of kids are so amazing. <laughs> like, they're so amazing. Even just the way she answers these questions, she's she's all like, no, Tita Mami, like, I know that. Like, I know that a guy, he, it, because I see her dad and I see the way her dad treats and loves and respects her. Mm-hmm. And so she, she wouldn't, uh, like take that kind of but I told her I said your body is so cute like it's so good and I told her I said I watch the way men look at you how do you feel when you do, they do that so she said I get shy I put my eyes down right instantly mm-hmm. think about that you guys mm-hmm. young 13 like year old girl almost. absolutely has to put her eyes down because a man is looking at her in a way that is psychically groping her yeah it's a way to protect yourself and avert yeah. avert if they can't look into you then you feel somehow that you haven't it passed through you yeah instead of hitting you kind yeah of. but think about that at 13 you really don't have very many other defenses i mean you have a confidence level but really yeah, but that's when it starts to get killed. Exactly. That's right when it starts to get killed. Exactly. She should have a confidence level. Right? Oh, so you yeah. have it, but starting at 13, you guys, if you start at, let's say, 90, every year, it like you get a notch. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like There's so much. By the time you hit like in your 20s, you're so like, who am I? And like, how am I supposed to give? And all this kind of stuff. But for her, I definitely, the first thing I definitely did was ask her questions about her relationships with men right now. Mm. Because I think that's really important because not all 13 year olds are made different. I mean, made um, made the, the same. same. Yeah. Everybody has their own experiences. And yeah. I think being curious, I think one of the things Heidi and I are really good at right now in life, a little bit more. We're practicing. It, we're practicing is being curious. And, Rather than judgmental or assumptive. And and understanding people's background and more of their desire and intuition versus like just saying, oh, you're doing that and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so. So yeah, I think after my conversation with her also, I, I really realized like, damn, there's a lot she's going to go through over the next five years. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think that this heart hardening is something that happens for both men and for women. Mm-hmm. Um, ways that we start to shut down, ways that we start to protect ourselves. And, um, you know, I kind of got into thinking about that because it is the holiday season and I love to watch like holiday movies and stuff, get in the spirit or yes. put on cheesy white people music and be like, hey, <laughs> and, like throw like winks and a smile and stuff. You like jazzy holiday music? I love That's jazzy really holiday. great. Yeah, it's good. I love jazzy holiday music. Um but yeah, so I put on this movie uh, the other day while I was prepping Friendsgiving, and it was about the man who, it was called The Man Who Invented Christmas. Okay. And it's about the story of Charles Dickens as he was writing A Christmas Carol. Hmm. And I love, I think I like those kind of stories about the authors of important works. You love those. Because those works, if they resonate across the world, across time, it makes you wonder what they captured in those characters that so many people resonate Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so there's a spirit about the movie itself. Something story, about it that yeah. moves the human spirit. Absolutely. On a, on a really collective level. On a human, just 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And so, you know, the movies, obviously, you know, Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, that's the one with with Scrooge and Tiny Tim and the spirit of Christmas past and all that, remember? Yeah. And um, it's just interesting because it gave you the context of what the world was like at the time he wrote that story in London, where, you know, there was high society and the poor and no middle, kind of. And people were very much on the kind of grind that you see on the planet now. Mm -hmm. Um, Christmas was not a thing really then that people were celebrating as much and people would work on Christmas. You said only the rich people had Christmas trees. Yeah, like royalty pretty much. And like it wasn't like a thing where everybody would get Christmas off or anything like that. So when he wrote this book with this character Scrooge who cares only about money and he's this classic miser, right? Totally. As he's going through the process of getting to know that character so he can write the character, he confronts that that character is truly kind of like a part of himself, his own ego, Mm. right? And that that's the side of himself kind of, and I might be messing up what the director meant, but this is what I got from the movie. (laughs) That's the side of himself that is hard and unkind and closed off and wants to protect himself. Oh my God. So you're telling me Charles Dickens' ego was named Scrooge? Basically. I don't think he yes. knew it at first. And his other side was probably Tiny Tim, the one who was like, God bless yes. us one and all, who just was so happy with whatever he had and just wanted to love his family. And even though they had nothing, they had everything. Yes. And they were so rich that Scrooge, who had so much money, looked in their window and felt empty, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and realized that's what he was missing. And that all of these things he had, all of these things he had acquired and all of this money he had acquired to help him feel safe made him actually be like ir- irrelevant and forgettable, like the type that would die in an unmarked grave. And that's what the spirit of Christmas showed him, you know, that it's not all about that. And you just want to be kind and connect with people and soften your heart. You know, mm-hmm. and so Charles Dickens wrote that into his character that he has this, you know, interaction with spirit who helps him soften his heart and change overnight just through that softening of the heart. So, are you telling me that Charles Dickens had like a like conversation with spirit, like kind of woo woo, and made it through Scrooge? I kind of think so. Oh my god. And I'm saying that after he wrote that book, A Christmas Carol, Christmas kind of became a big deal. Christmas is so a thing. It was kind of a big deal. And and it inspired me to think about the spirit of Christmas and how it's all about kindness and generosity. Yes. You know, on Thanksgiving, like this girl I know put on this big thing feeding all these people who were affected by the fires. And my friend went and helped out and was telling me about it. And I was just thinking, you know, that is really beautiful that... People are doing those kinds of things. This holiday helps be a moment to just remind you Mm -hmm. to just soften. It's okay. Like, all right, you might get hurt sometimes because people suck sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're fucking amazing. And you won't get to experience any of that richness in life if you continue to be hardened. Yes. Yes. I think that Christmas is really awesome for the reason that I feel like a different energy vibration in the world. Yeah, people soften. Yeah, people soften. And honestly, like on Thanksgiving, you guys, I did nothing because that one day, it's like the world comes together and I feel like most people just have this gratefulness in their heart and they're connected to spirit. It's like an energetic shift, a collective energetic shift. Yeah, Not everybody does it, but it's like we all kind of are like, hey, today... 
let's just be grateful. Yeah. That's good. I mean, a lot of people hate and they're like, woo, 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 I do that every day. And okay, good for you. You're the best. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you want a Scooby snack? You want a Scooby snack? You want a star for that shit? Like, yeah. it's the day. Like, just let's just be glad we have one day that a lot of motherfuckers I know. are just going to be in a spirit of gratitude. Yeah. That does create energetic fuck shifts yeah, on live. the planet. Yes. You totally. know? Totally. Yeah. All we are saying is give peace a chance. I always want to go to that old school. <laughs> now we are smelling. <laughs> what is that? Nest in our pants. Wow. Weird Al Yankovic. Back okay. in the day, he used to change all the songs. He did. I remember yeah. that. Oh, 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 Rio. What's in the middle? The white stuff. Wow, we know who <laughs> listens to a lot of weird Al Yankovic in Idaho. My cousin was obsessed. My cousin Josh. Is that what y'all did in Idaho for fun? Girl. That was pre YouTube, all right? Our options were definitely limited, <laughs> and we had to get creative up there in Idaho <laughs> with weird Al Yankovic. Okay. I was always wondering who the heck is watching him so much. <laughs> now I know. <laughs> we didn't watch it back then. You just listened you to music you just back listened. then. You're right. Come you're on. right. You're right. You're right. You bought the tape. Yeah, that is true. And then you would listen to it like a hundred thousand <laughs> times because you only had so many tapes. Yeah, and every tape was not that long. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd ride in the car with your siblings. Yeah, and usually whoever kind of was front seat got to control the music. That is true. And sometimes you have a funny cousin who thinks we're at all Yankovic. Is the best in the world. Thanks, cousin, for giving us. Thanks, Joshy. Thanks, Josh. Joshy Poo. So I think that in the journey of us and the panda that we are, we are both learning to soften our hearts, let our guards down, and be wonderfully feeling in our amazing feminine spirit and know that it, like when we get cycles, I can't even say it, when we get groped like that, out in public that we don't have to take that on and that we can still be soft. I think we're practicing it and we're learning it. But one of the things that we were talking about is how it feels very counterintuitive mm. to like this world. There are a lot of guys out there that just want to fuck you and leave you. There are a lot of bad people or whatever you want to call it, right? Who have ill intentions, who are abusive or vampires or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. Yes. Right. Um, and at the same time, like I said, there's all these amazing people and we want to experience love and none of those amazing people are perfect and they're going to hurt you sometimes. And that's going to be a part of the experience of connection with another human because mm -hmm. humans aren't it's part of our, our beauties, our flaws. Absolutely. Know? And we all have different flaws that we're, we're working with, or I don't even like to use the word flaws, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Different challenges. We're just all just different character <clears throat> traits. Yeah. And so I feel like we're like practicing it, but there's definitely times where sometimes it feels like, how could this be the right move right now to be soft and be vulnerable, even though, you know, like, like how do you know when it's safe to do that and when it's not? Like sometimes it's, Sometimes it's really hard. I'm just practicing being soft all the time because yeah. being myself is the most awesome thing I can be. Yeah. And like you talked about earlier about how like look in introspectively first. Mm -hmm. And I think just honestly, it comes down to really, really being okay with who you are. Yeah. Well, I think as you said it, practicing doing it all the time, what I thought of is because if you really have trust or faith or whatever word you want to 
use in spirit, in God. It doesn't matter what anybody does to you. Mm. Yeah. There's no one, great, like the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know that's a Bible verse, and there's probably a lot of different ways you could say it, but greater is the spirit that is in me than the spirit that is in the world. So that spirit that's hurtful, um, or that's groping, or that's taking away, that's vampiric or whatever, is not as great as the spirit that's inside of me. So I don't need to put up um, the arms of this world, like my ego, to protect myself from that kind of thing, right? Because if I truly trust and have faith and spirit, mm. then you would know you're already protected. Mm. You're already protected. Praise you mama. You know what I'm saying? My and body just deflated. It feels good. Yeah. It's when the ego wants to rise up and say, no, I can defend you better. Let me do it. It's like, actually, the ego is less equipped mm-hmm. for that kind of de- defense mechanism. Take a backseat, baby. The spirit world if that's the world we're talking about, the spirit that's in you, your intuition, the spirit of God, that pure source energy spirit does not need your help protecting you. Mm. And sometimes that protection is going to include you getting hurt mm-hmm. because Absolutely. you getting hurt is a part of the process. It's a part of how your spirit wants to unfold and grow and experience inside of your body, your skin suit. P.S. You never need permission to trust yourself. Mm. You can do it instantly all the time. This reminds me of a quote from A Course in Miracles. Mm. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Therein lies the peace of God. Mm. Like that to me, when I'm having my tough moments, Man, I think about that and I'm like, oh, whatever's not real will just wash away. And I really, really need to have faith and trust in that. Yeah. So if we were to really, like if I were to really go back to my 13-year-old self, Mm -hmm. I would want to tell her that. Mm. I would want to tell her that right before she goes and falls in love with her first love Mm. and gets heartbroken and starts to harden. You Mm. know, I'd want to tell her just so you know, your love is so sweet and so pure. Sometimes people are going to want to take it, you know? And just use it and they'll move on and you'll be left hurting. But no, you never need to protect yourself from that. You just keep loving and you'll attract the kind of man, the kind of spirit, the kind of energy that helps protect you in this world when it's time for that. Mm. You know? Mm. Yes. I would have loved to hear that at Me 13. Too. I don't even think that that kind of advice existed out there when I was 13. Hey, hi. Thanks for telling me that advice right now at my birthday age right now that I am Mm -hmm. because I'm still using it. Yeah. I am. I'm not hardening my heart anymore. I'm willing to fall in love in a different way. So thanks. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We are going to be creating a collaborative condom line with Trojan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, variety pack. Nah. P.S. I don't need any extra small Trojan though. Ladies, uh, we would love to hear from you about your experience with this, you know, um, walking that line, especially as we've been talking so much. If you're listening, you're one of our listeners, you're on this journey with us. You're also working to access your feminine power and and to trust it and, and to let it lead you. And you're going to for sure run up against times when your own self tells you that's dumb. You should be stronger than mm. that. You should put up a wall mm. and protect yourself from that. Don't tell that person that. Mm. You know what I mean? There are going to be moments and you if we would love to hear what, what your experience of it has been and how you've navigated that. You know what I want to say, ladies? Mm. Be like butter, okay? Butter. Nobody likes hard butter. 
Okay? <laughs> Nobody wants hard butter. Let I the men be hard. I love this Please, men, beautiful... Please, be hard. Oh, I'm just it, kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, men be hard. Um, Hashtag condoms. Okay. But you know when you get that beautiful butter that's not like liquefied, obviously, but yeah. it's just that creamy, beautiful butter? Like local butter Yo, from the farmer's market. Yo, be creamy and smooth, baby. You deserve to be like butter. Smooth like butter. Smooth like butter. Butter spreads on everything and Dude, it tastes butter, so it motherfucking makes good. makes better everything yeah yeah i think i took advantage of butter this weekend <laughs> did you psychically grow butter it's so soft i think i might have groped <laughs> it a little much there was a little bit of extra butter in my potatoes <laughs> i had butter croissants so much butter heidi butter you, is coming out of my face right now you like butter right? i need to go get a facial soft butter or hard butter i definitely like soft butter mm. no one likes hard nobody butter. nobody wants hard butter ladies melt your heart be like soft butter soft butter <laughs> we love you guys um thanks to our sponsors may may jewelry you can get 15 percent off your purchase at maymayjewelry.com with the code wtc podcast and our other sponsor is audible yeah. um, check the show notes there's a link there where you could get a free book download and we just talked about a really dope one called dear lover mm-hmm. um which i highly recommend bye bye